You're listening to New City's Sermon Podcast. We hope you're empowered and challenged as we root deep in God's word in order that we might grow in the good news of King Jesus and live as faithful citizens of his kingdom right here in our city. Let's get into the scriptures now. I really, I really am humbled um, that we just get to be here and celebrate what Jesus has done. I was reading something on Facebook, and um, someone said something about, you know, sometimes at church, we, as we get to know each other, you know, and things, uh, it's just people. We're just people, right? But the reality is none of us really even deserve to be here. We wouldn't be here together if Christ had not died for us and bonded us together. And when you start to think like that, it's just a really incredible privilege that we get to celebrate being two years as New City Fellowship, God's blended family. And I'm just so thankful for what Jesus has done. Um, I've, I've uh, invited my, one of my dear friends, Pastor Kenneth Pace, to preach for us this morning. Pastor Pace and I have known each other a couple years. He pastors Central Missionary Baptist Church in West Park. And a couple years ago, he asked me to come over there and, and preach for them. And I really wanted him to come and preach on our second anniversary. Um, he is an Army veteran. He loves to fish as well. And he's become a great friend of mine. So I'm going to ask him to come up, and I'm going to ask you to give him a warm welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm going to pray for you, and then we're, gonna, we're excited to hear God's word from you. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would work, that you would mold us with your love and with your truth according to your word. Give this brother boldness. Give our hearts softness. And might we be transformed as we encounter you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's welcome him again. Amen. To God be the glory. He's worthy to be praised. It's good to be here at New City this morning. My dear friend, your pastor, awesome guy. Um, God is an awesome God, and I thank God for the relationship that we have with one another. Um, this atmosphere reminds me when I got my second chance. When I was um, in California on my last duty station, and um, I was fellowshipping with the church out in King City, California, and it just reminds me, I feel so warm to, to be in an atmosphere like this. So I thank God for you all, and uh, pray for me as I pray for you as we get into the word of God this morning. To God be the glory. He's worthy to be praised. Happy anniversary. Two years. Amen. Uh, just to sit there and see the work that you all put in. Uh, it's amazing how you all just been moving from spot to spot, but at the same time, as you move, you impacted the city, impacted the corner, or impacted that place you was in, and see how God is working in your life. Amen. And to see what God have you at today, um, you ought to be convinced that God is truly real. Amen. To God be the glory. God, we thank you this morning. We love you. We give you all the praise, honor, and the glory for who you are, for what you're doing in our lives. We pray, God, that you have your way in this place, God. I pray that you remove me. God, I ask you to just have your way. Let your spirit move through us, Lord God, move through me. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. In your darling son, Jesus' name, amen. Um, 
I had to leave the church this morning to want to come over here and be with you all. And my wife, she was um, over there. She's given the word this morning to help me out. And I just want to just thank God for her as well. Amen. For a few minutes of your time, um, I don't want to belong the time. I just want to get right into the word of God. Amen. If you those who have their Bibles, if you can turn with me to Ephesians, the third chapter and the 14th verse. And it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. May have strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the, the breadth and the length and the height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. Just for a few minutes of your time this morning, my brothers and your sisters, I just want to just give you a title. If it's through Christ's love that our walk in faith gets stronger. Does anybody believe that? How many of you know that it's going to take the love of Christ to get stronger in your faith? It's not going to, it's not us. It's not, we can't do it ourselves. It's going to take us to fall in love and love Christ even more each and every day to let our faith get stronger. I want to begin this morning at verse 17, that, that, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. I want to preach to you on, um, it's through Christ, our walk and our faith gets stronger. I want you to know and understand that the word of God, God is a God of love. Christ loved us while, while we are yet still sinners. He gave his life, his blood, his body at the cross at Calvary. So we can rest assured this morning that God is the God of love. And we need to be rooted and grounded in love in all that we do for him. If we become fixated on with the news and social media, it seems like we're living in a world where there's a lot of hatred and great deal of anger. You can see that every morning we wake up and watch the news. You see all the foolishness and all this crazy stuff that's going on. But the Bible says that anger rests in the bosom of fools. And I am a firm believer, my brothers and my sisters, it is not, God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of eternal salvation. This morning, Pastor Paul wanted to talk to us. When praying for the believers in Ephesus, he asked the Father to give them strength to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Jesus Christ. How many of you know, you can talk back with me this morning, just give me an opportunity, I'm just opening this up and we're going to flow right through this. How many of you know that love changes lives? Love overcomes fear. And this love overwhelms uncertainty. 
The love of Christ converts doubters into courageous believers. The love of Christ forces a husband into self-sacrificial and single-hearted service to his wife and children. The love of Christ pushes hesitant church members out as faithful witnesses into their communities. Why do you say that? Because as we look at this, we look further into our text this morning and we see in verse 18, Paul prays for us to have strength to comprehend the love of Jesus Christ. But why do we need a special strength to comprehend love? This is one of the most simple fundamental gospel teachings. But yet Paul says, Paul falls to his knees to plead with God for our help. Most of us would consider Paul being insulting, saying that we need a special work of the Holy Spirit in order to understand Christ's love. Somebody said yes. But listen to 1 Corinthians. Uh, the second chapter in 14, it says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolish to him, nor uh, can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What are you saying? Here's the, so the shocking revelation, my brothers and my sisters. The more simple and fundamental the truth, the more spiritual, more spiritual strength is needed to accept and believe. Why do you say that? Number one, we must draw strength from Jesus' love. How many of you know it's going to take the Christ's love to get closer to him? Why do you say that? If you look in your text, Paul uses two words, a two-word picture to show how the love of Jesus affects us. First, we must be rooted. He says we have to be rooted. Look at somebody and tell him, you have to be rooted in Jesus' love. Have you ever seeing landscapers transplant a really large tree? Did they, when they digged it out of the ground and they wrapped it with the ball, wrapped the ball of those roots tightly with the burlap bag, for those trees to survive, they must quickly get their roots working again. Once they are placed into the ground, their roots must immediately begin to absorb water and nutrients from the soil in which it is placed. Paul uses that same image to describe us. Our spiritual life is uh, validity depends on our roots drawing life from Christ's love. Circumstances in our lives moves and sway. One day business meeting goes well. Uh, another day we are happy and smiling, but the next day is liable to bring the feeder, the fitter and the bender and the angry customer, a bad cough, a report from cancer. Um, the doctor said we have a bad report with our health, a problem here and a disaster there. Then we are no longer happy. Now we become terror to our spouse and our children and the enemy to our friends. And quite honestly, we do not even want to bring around our own selves. But God wants us to be uh, in love with Christ, a love that which is what's safe, a love that which is what's secure, a love that is sure, a love that is solid, regardless of the circumstances, a love which sustains through temptation, a love that will sustain through turmoil, a love that will get us through troubles. Has anybody ever been there before when you have nowhere to turn, when your back has been against the wall? But guess what? The love of God and the love of Christ has been right there for you to just come to him. 
even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of mess, even in the midst when people try to tear your name, when people know your past. But guess what? God will get you through it. Do I have anyone in here today can say, Lord, thank you? But we must be encouraged. Look at someone and tell them, stay encouraged. We must be encouraged by the unstoppable love of Jesus Christ, which Paul describes here in Romans 8. He says, for I'm sure that neither death or life, neither the angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able. Nothing will be able to separate you from Christ's love. Come on, talk to me, somebody. That is awesome. No matter what your past has been, no matter what you're dealing with, God says you will not be separated from Christ. What? Love. People will separate themselves from you just because what you have on. People will separate themselves from you because you got a promotion and God did it. But guess what? God won't separate you. Won't, he will not separate from you just because you had a setback today. Because one thing you have to understand about God, he's a God that if you come to him and repent, guess what? He'll forgive you for all your sins. We have to understand living as Christians, we have to be very tight. We have to love. We have to respect one another, encourage one another, because it's bad enough we have to live in this evil world. Are y'all with me this morning? It is so bad that it's, it's our children are being affected. Our children that's not even born yet, they're going to have to deal with it. But guess what? Through Christ, we can always make a change and impact one another, encouraging one another through Christ's love. So my brothers and my sisters, when trouble comes, and guess what? Surely they will. Do we begin with, why me? What have I done wrong? Has anybody ever said that to themselves? Why me? Why am I going through this? It's been a rough week for me last week. It was, I was going through some ups and downs. And guess what? As a pastor, I even scratched my head and said, what in the world is going on? Why me? But that's just the human side. But God wanna re, he wants to He wants to make sure that we, we are locked in with him because we don't have to say, why me? We can just say, God, help me. So what have I done wrong? Or do we have the strength to comprehend this? Even in this trouble, you can still say, I'm a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. So how do we become grounded and rooted in such life-giving love? Because the love of Jesus Christ dwells in our hearts. Why? It's going to take faith. Somebody say faith. Many answers are proposed as how we might know and experience the love of Jesus uh, some say it is by joining the correct church. Other may suggest by taking the Lord's Supper or being baptized in a certain way. This some have said that you can only know Jesus, the love of Jesus, through experience of speaking in tongues. All of those may have some kind of validity, but none is the key to knowing Jesus' love. Paul key is living the Christian life because Christ dwells in our heart. And someone says it's because of faith. By believing, somebody say, I have to believe. 
Believe in Jesus. Believe in his promises and his proof is love. His self-sacrifice on the cross. Believe in his words which teaches his love. Believe in his acts with compassionate love. By believing all that is true about Christ is how we become rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Nothing more, nothing less, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. If that's not your experience this morning, or, or, or you would like to increase your, your experience of his love, I have three simple steps. First of all, we have to ask Jesus to give you a new life and acknowledge his love. And not just simply knowing about him, you may have a great deal of a religion in church, but do you know and have a relationship with Jesus? Number two, read the Bible as God's personal letter to yourself. Why do you say that? Because with faith, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Are you hearing Jesus through the word? Number three, commit to a group of believers who are passionately seeking to know the love of Christ. To experience the love of Christ is not to be uh, found in solitude, but this is why Paul prays that we comprehend with all saints. Why? Because the love of Jesus. Are you a part of a group of people seeking to be rooted and grounded in his love? You can't be with the people rooted and grounded in love today and tomorrow you want to go back to the people that you, when you had an addiction, they're trying to pull you back over there. You got to stay focused. You got to stay with that group of people who's on the same level with you in Christ because when your time and your season comes, when you're going to have a setback, guess what? Those are the same people that's going to pray for you, that's going to pray for your children, that's going to pray that you get strengthened. And guess what? When they have their times, you're going to encourage them to do the same thing. That's what it's all about. It's about the love of Jesus. Number three, the love of Christ is greater than we would ever dare to hope. Ephesians 3 and 18 and 19, it says, do you know how God's love or do you know only, do you only know what God, that God loves you? I know that's a, a molecule structure of water is a combination of two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule of oxygen. But that doesn't uh, do much for me on a blazing hot afternoon in August when I've worked hard outside and my throat is dry and when I swallow it just feels like a dry ache. At that point I could care less about the H2O chemical formula. Why? Because my, because my understanding of water does not quench my thirst. My need is not for the deeper insights into the meaning of water. In other words, I don't need knowledge about water. I actually need the water. What are you saying, Pastor? You got to understand that we, it's good to get the knowledge of God, but you actually, need the, you actually need the love of God to move forward as a Christian. We can't just say it. We have to live it. We got to walk it. We have to talk it. We have to show it. And we have to what? Experience it. Sometimes we have setbacks, but the God that I serve, he will set back, but at the same time, he'll set you up even further than where you already have gone through. But Paul, but the word, it says in verse 19, our version has Paul is praying that we will understand how broad and how long and how deep Christ's love is. But the word understand, and it's used here, doesn't mean to gain a mental concept. It means to grasp hold of it. In other words, it means we, we got to get the word. 
How many of you know that the word of God is our nutrients, is our vitamin C, I vitamin B, D. It's everything that we need. We don't have to go to our physical doctor. All we got to go to is the real doctor, which is Christ Jesus, which is God our Father. Whatever we need, he said he'll supply all our what? Needs. It don't matter what you're going through. He will give us the right meal. He will give us the right diet for us to get to get through anything. But we just have to believe. Somebody say believe. Paul says, even though he acknowledged that we aren't capable and fully knowing, Paul wants God's people to know that God is crazy about us. How many of you know that God is crazy about us? Even though our messed up lives that we've gone through, that God has straightened it out, guess what? People may know a lot of stuff and we have gone through some issues, but guess what? God is still crazy about us. Talk to me, somebody. And while the intellect understands God's love is not the same as experiences love, it starts. It says, taking the time to think about and meditate on God's love is the way to begin to experience within our hearts. There's four, there's four, four, four statements I'm going to make and I'll be out of your way. There are four dimensions of God's love that Paul prays that we might understand as we consider them in our minds. May they also penetrate our hearts. Paul in this, he describes the first thing he says, we have to look at the width of God's love. What are you saying? The width of God's love may be the most obvious thing that distinguishes his love from human love. We love certain people, but not others. We love certain types of people, but not others. Think about the person you dislike the most. Now think about this. God is crazy in love with that person. You may not like him, but guess what? God loves him, amen? We just got some issues that we need to turn over to him. But see, man, the devil uses that to measure our sin against one another. But that doesn't mean anything. We have to love in spite of it. your issue may not be the same issue. But guess what? We all have issues. But Christ's love overlooks. He supersedes all that that we go through because guess what? He died on the cross. He said we are already victorious. We just have to believe and trust in him that he'll get us through it. Like you and I, God hates those behaviors. But God's love is so wide that it still encompasses us. And he wants to set us free for those sinful behaviors and make us like Christ and experience this love. He says, um, then there, there's the width. But guess what? He says, there's the length of God's love. Paul says, there's more like a time reference that God's love is forever and always. Isn't it just available, is, isn't it just available on Sundays? There are no regular um, business hours for God's love, nor does the love of God take holidays. It also means that God's love doesn't give up, but ours surely does. When we offer our love to people, we can give them a certain amount of time and a certain time to respond. If they don't, we'll just say forget it. God isn't like that. How many times that we don't turn our back on God? How many times, God, we say we're going to do right? How many times we say we're going to walk straight, we end up going cricket? But guess what? God did not say, I'm going to give up on you. God loves us so much that every time we slip, guess what? He has a door that we can go right back into and get ourselves right back together again. 
That's how much he loves us. But, 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 but as people, as, as the human side of us, we want to measure each other and want to tear each other down. But we have to understand God loves never look at all that, that we have done. He just try to help us. He will help us to get through what we're going through. God isn't like that. His love is more enduring than the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going and going and going. God doesn't give up on us. Look at someone tell them, God hasn't gave up on me yet. We talk about clinging to the Lord in times of trial, but it's really the other way around. It is the Lord Jesus who hangs on us with the tenacity of a bulldog. You see, God love is so wide, it embraces everyone. God doesn't look, like, look at color. He doesn't look at your culture. He doesn't look like where you came from. Heaven doesn't have a denomination. God just look at our hearts and he give us the love that we, want, that we deserve and that's through Jesus Christ. God's love is so wide that it embraces everyone. And it's so long that he, it will never let us go. Next is there is the height of God's love. I'm almost out of here. I got one more to go. The Bible uses this word a lot in different ways. It is used as a simple term of measurement, like the height of this wall, so many inches. It is also used to refer to the utmost of something. It is used to describe a very loud noise of the sort of the highest possible noise level. But when Paul uses it, he describes God's love. I think he means that the quality of God's love surpasses anything we ever know. The way that we, uh, we get to know something new is it to compare it to something that we're already familiar with. We compare and contrast what we don't know with what we do know. If you're trying to learn a new computer program, you will tend to try the same commands that you will use for the old one. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, my brothers and sisters. But because some things are so familiar and things will never be different. So with God's love, when we try to figure out what it's like, we compare it to the love that we know from other people. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if you have been blessed with love of others, especially in your own family, especially as a child, it will be easy to say, God loves is like that only even better but the thing is about it we must all admit with certain things we're trying to be what get the best let's take coffee as the example we all drink coffee it used to be uh if you wanted a cup of coffee you just got a cup of coffee then came the calf Followed by the flavor coffee. Coffee. People gladly pay two or three more dollars, uh, just as much for a pound of gourmet coffee as they would do for a pound of plain old coffee. Why? Because they want the best there is, no matter what it costs. Human beings crave love even more than coffee, even more than the first cup of coffee on Monday morning. And in God, we can experience the riches in the highest, in the purest, in the finest imaginable. And not only that, but it's free. Anybody who wants to give, who can, you can have all you want. God, love is free. We can get it. We can just hold on to it. We can just love on God because God, God loves us. So God love is so wide, it embraces everyone. And it's so long lasting and it will never let us go. It is such a high quality that it will never let us down. And finally, there is a death of God's love. This word is used to describe the depths of the sea or the depths of a muddy pit. It also used the parable of seeds. 
For the seed that lands on rocky soil, it springs up quickly, then dies. But because there is no depth in the soil, it looks good, but there is nothing to it. It's like a scenery for play. No matter how real it may look, there is nothing to it. But let me, let me help you out this morning. But God's love is just the opposite. It is absolutely solid and real. Do you agree with me this morning? It is absolutely solid and real. It is something that we can bank our lives on. The depth of God loves not only refers to the fact that it's solid and real, but also that it reaches to the deepest part of our soul. When you can't think of nothing else, when people don't care, when you have gone through so much, when you're back up against the wall, when you have no one else you can turn to, guess what? God can get to that, that situation. God's love can reach the depth, the deepest. It can go beyond the abyss in your soul. Guess what? God's love is so powerful that it will touch it. But some of us are more open than others. Some of us reveal ourselves more freely than others, but all of us, but all of us have locked closets, dark corners where we don't even like to look at ourselves, let alone anybody else to take a look. Those are the areas where we are afraid that one day will come to light. The sins, the attitudes, the lust, the habits, the embarrass us makes us afraid of others ever knowing. For the most part, we're afraid that someone else sees the deep down ugly parts in us. They won't love us anymore. And we just can't risk that. But let me help us out this morning. But God's love is deeper than our deepest secrets. God's love is deeper than our deepest secrets. I understand that that, that you have went through some, a, a time or a season in your life that you messed up, but so what? Jesus' love is so powerful, guess what? It'll overcome, it'll help you out, it'll pull you out of the deepest secret that you're in. Some of us don't even know what we have inside of us, so we are so afraid to let go because someone may flash our past in front of our face, say, you weren't, you weren't worth nothing. You did this, you did that, but God's love is so powerful that guess what? Whatever you went through, he can use that to get you where you're at to reach somebody else. What are you saying? God is not going to put a person who can't swim in a drowning situation to save somebody. God is not going to put somebody on, a, on, a, on the, uh, the Empire State Building to save someone from, from, from trying to jump off because they're afraid of heights. He's going to put you at the right place at the right time with the right person because you went through what you went through. Guess what? He's going to have you to minister to somebody that's coming behind you. That's what it's all about because God is so awesome. His love is so, so pure. It'll go to the deepest secrets that we are holding on to and guess what when he penetrates it guess what he will deliver you from all our sins it can penetrate the darkness of the worst fears it can clean out the causes of sin and despair and self-hatred God wants each of us to really know his love so that we will be filled with his fullness does anybody want to be full with God's love? God's fullness comes to us not by church membership, 
not by an officer ordination or a preaching of the sermons, but by it, it comes from the love of Christ. Christ came on this earth to have, to take on all our sins. It don't matter what you have gone through. It don't matter that you uh, have, you're moving forward one day and you have a setback. But guess what? God's love is so awesome that the sins and the prices already have been paid. You can say I'm victorious. You can say that I'm more, through, more, more than a conqueror through him. Because through him, you can get through anything. Through him, he loves us so much. When, when, when somebody say they don't care about you, they don't love you anymore, that's fine. You still have to love him anyhow. Because if your enemy is thirsty, you still got to give him a drink. If your enemy is hungry, you still got to feed him. That's not you. That's the love of God. Because when people don't like you, you can still love them in spite of. Get this. God is so crazy in love with us. All we have to do is just what? Believe it. And if you believe it, you can get through any valley. You can get through any mountain. You can get through any storm. You can trust and believe and keep the faith that God will just keep, continue to bless you. God bless you. I love you in Jesus' name. There is nothing you can do about it. Give somebody a hug or give, just give God some praise right where you're sitting and tell the Lord, thank you. Let's give him another hand. You know, I, as your pastor, I, I hope we grow in God's love. More than anything else, nothing else matters if we don't fully understand what Christ has done for us and how much he does love us. This past weekend, one of my neighbors, um, they, they lost a family member. And it was a really hard situation because the, the family member had cancer and he had to make a decision. He had been through chemo and he was gonna try and do a, a bone marrow transplant. And if he did the bone marrow transplant, he had a 50-50 chance of living or dying. And he decided that he was gonna go for it because he wanted to live. And he ended up losing his life. It was really hard for the family because they had wondered, what if he didn't do that? That 50-50 chance, he took the risk to gain new life. And it was really hard to walk through, the that, through that with the family. But I couldn't also help think about what Jesus has done for us. Because Jesus, it wasn't a 50-50 chance that he was going to die. It was 100% chance that when he came to this earth, he would give his life. And he didn't do it so that he could keep his life or gain new life, but so that you and I could live. 100% chance he entered in and died on our behalf so that you and I could be reconciled to God and we could be his beloved children. God's love is on you 100% of the time if you are in Jesus Christ. Amen? As a church, my hope is that next year, as we enter into our third year, that we grow in our depth and understanding of Jesus' love for us. That will enable us to reach out better in our neighborhood. It will enable us to have confidence when we face trials. And it will enable us to love each other as God's blended family. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up.
And we're going to move into a time of just responding to God's love. They're going to lead us in a song, but I, I want to invite you just into a couple different ways of expression. If you want to respond to the love of God, you can sing along as we sing about God and, and, and his sacrifice that he made through Jesus Christ. Also in the back of the room, you'll see some black poster board. If you want to write a prayer for the church, you can go back there during this time and write out a prayer. If you need someone to pray over you, or you realize, you know what, I, I, I kind of have kept God out here, and I say that he loves me, but I've never actually received his love through Jesus Christ. If you've never turned away from your sins and turned to Jesus in faith, I'm going to be in the back, and I'd love to just pray with you during that time. But I'm asking you now just to stand and respond to God's love. <laughs>